Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and this... I forgot what I say. God, I'm out of practice with this. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. Someday we'll all be dead. <laughs> and today I have Matt with me. To... And, and you can tell we're off today. Um, today is... May 31st, 2020, in case you're listening to this in the future. Yeah, it's Sunday. We are still mid-pandemic situation. COVID is still happening. That's still a stress in the yeah, world. Yeah, all, all day yesterday, thunder and lightning um, rumbling throughout the region. Today, yeah. less, less hectic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington State is barely starting to open up, but there's still the stressors of all that. And I worked. You worked. I I did not work today, but on top of all that, we have recently just had the death of George Floyd over and over on the news. Yeah, uh, this is dominating the news. Obviously, everyone's heard of it. I mean, as much as I'm sure the government would like us to just focus on SpaceX, which was an amazing collaboration with NASA, and it was exciting, it's not going to overshadow the protests and now rioting and looting that's happening because of the deaths that keep happening. I wrote down just a few of the names that I could think of, just off the top of my head, of black people. Oh, shit. I saw an entire fucking list. Yeah, this is not even close to all-inclusive. Yeah. It's fucking... It's too much. It's ridiculous. And it it keeps happening, and it keeps happening, and it keeps happening. George Floyd just happened to be literally murdered on video. And just like Eric Gardner, on video. Watching the police choke him out till he died. And it is incredible to me that this continues to happen. It's not new. It's not like I didn't know it was happening. I think that a lot of the posts that I've been seeing lately are from people of color who are like, hey, we're tired of hearing your, you know, your white tears because you're just now figuring out that racism still exists. And I know you're... A little emotional about this today. I am as well, but I'm going to try to keep my shit together <clears throat> just so we can get through this. Um, it's awful. It's awful. So the names that I wrote down, this is just just names in the past, I think, five years? Jesus. Yeah. That, that were major headlines. This is, again, not inclusive <clears throat> everyone. This is people that have uh, been killed by police or in police custody. Um, George Floyd, of course. Ahmaud Arbery was jogging down the street and got gunned down. Fuck. Breonna Taylor was shot in her own room because allegedly her boyfriend had drugs and they broke in and her boyfriend was protecting them. And he didn't even... Actually, he lived through it. Um, But she got murdered. She was an EMT. I did not hear about that one. That was, uh, that was just a couple weeks ago that happened. Um, so, uh, Botham John, I think we all saw that play out on TV where 
the cop came into the wrong apartment and straight up shot him in his own house. Oh, the female police officer. Yeah. Thought it was uh, her. Yeah. Police, yeah. Uh, Antoine Rose, Atiana, At Tatiana Jefferson. Uh, she's the one that was playing video games with her nephew. And the police surrounded her house for no apparent reason because someone thought something was suspicious because her door was open. Doing a welfare check. And shot her because she was trying to protect her own house. Shot her and killed her. Yeah. In front of her eight or nine-year-old nephew, I think. Philando Castile, another one. Legally owning a gun, being upfront about it, did nothing wrong, driving down the street black. Yeah. And shot while on film in front of his girlfriend. Nothing she could do. Yes. Let them know there was a... A weapon yeah. in the car. Trying to do the right thing. Trying to do the right thing. Ugh. Um, of course, I already mentioned Eric Gardner, Sandra Bland, Alton Sterling, and Tamir Rice was the 12-year-old, I believe, that had the fake gun that got mowed down in a total of 12 seconds Ugh. What of a, being on the scene. What about the, uh, the young man who was like 15, 16, uh, going to a mini-mart to get some... That was Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin. That was a longer than five five years ago, but yes, absolutely worth mentioning. Okay, yeah, yeah. so. Because he was so threatening with his hoodie. Yeah, and iced tea and M&M's. Yeah, know. actual iced tea is more threatening than <laughs> Trayvon Martin. Is that the one the security guard shot? Uh, the uh, neighborhood watch, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah, right. Robert something. Zimmerman. It was George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. Zimmerman. You know yes, what? Uh, mother has joined us, so hello. Hello. Mother. And we're glad that you joined us because you've had a little more life experience uh, with just putting things in context of history. What were you going to say? You've been white longer than we have. <laughs> wow. Uh, I was that, not going to say Okay, that. that's... Uh... <laughs> Jay? But I mean... Uh... <laughs> you know... I've seen things that you haven't seen. Yes. Right. And heard, experienced things, but... I've only been white since 1972. <laughs> and you... You've been white He's... since... <laughs> Why is it? Why you've been alive since nineteen? Why, why are we emphasizing well, the fact that I'm white? Well, it's because I feel like uh, I think the whole white uh, privilege thing, whether we like to believe it or not, has always been a part of our always been a part of our existence. Whether we even allowed it to be or not, it's always kind of been there. Well, I was thinking about this today. Um, I when suppose I was you have to be aware of white privilege before you... Right. right. You know what it was. I was thinking today when I was thinking about doing this episode that one of our more popular episodes early on was the privilege exercise. And you remember we went through that. That was a bunch of different types of privilege, not just color, um, but gender and religion and class. Remember that one? With you the did beads? that with your beads, yeah. I did. And that was a pretty powerful episode because it really helps show you how, you know, that you have privilege. It's hard to see when you are in a poor neighborhood and you're in a poor town 
that only has jobs that are working class, it's hard to see how you have privilege until you look at the bigger picture. And once you're allowing yourself to be open to the fact that a black person or a Hispanic person or any person of color in that exact same scenario does not have the same advantages. That's not to say that people of color can't get ahead in the world. Of course they do. Barack Obama's president. That's an exception. In every single statistic, in every single study, people of color are more likely to this, less likely to that. They're only 13% of the U U.S. population, and yet they continue to be statistically unequal in every arena, yeah, especially incarceration. But isn't this all about the police response to a person of color? Well, this isn't... episode, is, I'm just thinking a little bit bigger than that, but that's what... That's what's happening right now in the world. I want to have context for this episode in case people are listening a year from now where we're at right in this moment. I got to say, I mean, <clears throat> just to just to clean the slate right now, every time I've been pulled over by a cop, I've been like, yes, sir, no, sir, and they always just kind of leave me alone. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's because I'm white. And I'm not aggressive. I don't know what the fuck it is, but they don't. I've never had a, an officer, you know, threaten me in any way or ask me to step out so he can check, you know, put me up against. But the funny thing is, I think more officers have been shot by white people than black people or people of color. Well, hashtag not all cops. Not all cops are bad. Yeah. But it's every group has bad people. The problem is that they're in positions of power. Yeah. And they're still dispropor disproportionately killing black people. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fact. Do they get killed in the line of duty? Absolutely. Are there crazy-ass, drugged-up, violent white offenders? Absolutely. And I'm, I must say that every time I've been pulled over is for a good reason. I was, <laughs> I was speeding. Yeah. I wasn't pulled over for any stupid reason, like... Because you were driving while black? Maybe my, you know, tag looked different or I didn't put a blinker on, which is some of the shit I've been seeing lately on the internet. Like, they're pulling over people of color mm -hmm. for the silliest reasons and then act as if they are hostile when they're questioning them. It's kind of like the stop and frisk rule. Very similar. In yeah. So I, I'm trying to be careful with my words, but uh, yeah, I've never had that happen to me. So, so the other thing that I want to talk about is the fact that we're we're seeing so much more on camera. There's cameras everywhere. Yes. Not only are there security cameras out in the world, but everybody's got a miniature computer in their hand. And everyone, you know, out in the public is filming things, which... I actually think that's a good thing. It is a good thing. I mean, didn't we just last year see how body cameras can be turned off, Baltimore? And that people can be framed, Baltimore. Well, the mayor of Seattle said that they... They don't have their body cams on unless they feel like there's going to be an altercation or, you know, like, they don't have them on constantly. 
which is not good. You yeah. know, people think Seattle is this bastion of liberal values. It's not. It's, you know, it's a big city and it's got big city problems just like Have everywhere else. Have your body cam on all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't, if you're not doing anything wrong, why don't you want to be recorded? I mean, it's actually going to protect you if you're not doing anything wrong. So. Yes. I didn't know that. Did that just come out with all this going well, that on? That was last night. She was debriefing the press about mm. why the SPD were not having their cams on. Well, last yeah. night they all should have had their cams on. Exactly. Well, they should have all had them on constantly, but not in... It's... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's a lot. I get it. I'm frustrated with everything that's going on right now. I think a lot of people are frustrated in many different ways for many different reasons. And a lot of what I've been seeing in response to this... So, just... As we set the scene with the rioting and the looting and cities all across America, um, there have been peaceful protests and there has been violence and destruction of property and fires and looting and violence against other people. I mean, some dude shot a bow and arrow into a crowd. Somebody else that I believe was the police ran an SUV through a crowd of people. And the mayor of New York said, well, if they would have moved, we wouldn't be having this conversation. That is not the kind of thing I expect from de Blasio. So, <clears throat> the world's in chaos right now. And, and I, this pandemic does not help. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, it makes me worry that all these protests and rioting is going to cause an earlier wave of the stupid COVID, which we've all been locked in the house for. And... Now there's this explosion of unrest for good reason, but now because of it, we're putting ourselves at even more risk of spreading this disease. And those cops were not social distancing. <laughs> Did I pick you up? I don't know if that was too quiet. The cops were not social distancing? No. No, they weren't. And they didn't have face masks on. So, there. I mean, the riot police did. They all had. That's another thing. Last night we were watching this unfold in Seattle, and the newscasters kept saying, the National Guard's coming in, but they're unarmed. Like, they kept emphasizing the fact that the National Guard was unarmed. I feel like maybe they thought that was supposed to make people feel better. Did you was... see the National Guard? No. They were not unarmed. Oh, they weren't? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I don't know why that would be the case. Why would you send the National Guard in unarmed anyway if... It's violent rioting. Yeah. I mean, the only reason you're sending the National Guard in is because you're in a damn crisis. Yeah. And as we're learning more and more about the violence happening and the difference between the peaceful protesters is there's all these different groups that are infiltrating the cities <clears throat> that are having pe peaceful protests. <laughs> and it's coming out that these people are Antifa or they're white supremacists. Or they're just anarchists, or, you know, they're people that are trying to instigate some shit. The people that were protesting, the peaceful protest, were not, mm -hmm. did not instigate. Now, it doesn't mean that once it started, right. because of the mob mentality, mm -hmm. it happens everywhere. It's not a yeah. unique situation that they all get involved because they're so hyped up already 
it just takes them over the edge and it's almost an unconscious thing i think yeah. i don't know i think i feel like if you're just being a spectator a lot of them if you're help. just being a spectator you're aligning yourself with the bad you need to step in and make a decision to do what's right well yes and no i mean what can one person do against a group of people burning a building down you can stop a little punk kid from stealing an AR-15 out of the back of a cop car. Well, yeah, but the guy that did it had, to, had a weapon. I mean, well, unfortunately, that goes to the argument of a good guy with a gun is the only thing to stop a bad guy with a gun, which I don't right. believe. It's, it's not accurate. But in that particular case, in that circumstance with rioting going on, I'm not sure that he would have just folded and been able to be disarmed. Yeah. There's no telling what would happen, but it all happened just the way it should have happened. I'm very grateful that that security guard was there. But if uh, somebody who's an imposing person, mm-hmm. without without a pistol, well, might have been able to do the same thing. So. That exactly goes back to the beginning points of George Floyd and Eric Gardner being very large black men. They're intimidating. Six foot six. He's a large man. Yeah. And now everybody that knew him, gentle giant. Wouldn't yeah. hurt anybody. Wouldn't hurt a fly. And there's all these reports now. They're trying to blame his death on an underlying health condition. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what his underlying... It doesn't matter if he has <sighs> stage 4 cancer. Someone laying on him for If you say, minutes. I can't breathe, it's not a hint to keep leaning on my neck. It's not. And honestly, I think we all can agree that the cops that stood by and watched it happen should also be arrested. Yeah, they're just as guilty. Interrogated, arrested. They're complicit in the act. I mean, I was in the military. If another military member does something wrong, I'm not, there's no thin blue line. I'm calling your ass out. Uncle Jeff did that. It makes other police look bad when you do shit like that. Complicit. Perfect Perfect example of that is Vietnam was horrific. Mm-hmm. Your yes. uncle, Jeff, mm-hmm. was a medic. They were in this village, and these guys were going to rape these women, and your uncle pulled his gun and said, you touch them, you die. Period. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, he stood up for it. He wasn't going to stand there and watch it happen. You know, that's, we need more people like that. That's a hard thing to do. It is, because they were all his, his comrades, so to speak, you know, they were his. Well, and he had to trust his life, in yeah. that instance, to them. Yeah. So, and that they all had guts. weapons. Yeah, that took guts. He could have been left in the forest. Exactly. Sometimes. Platoon style. But that's the way these guys that rape is not a good thing. That's the way he was raised, and, you know, that's the way he stood up for it. No, it's not happening. You're not doing it. Yeah. But, you know, as I always do, I'm always playing devil's advocate to further the conversation. Not that I necessarily agree with these things, but in this case I do. Is that being white in a circumstance like that, you still do have a privilege. I mean... In, in any circumstance, when you're standing up against someone saying that you're doing something wrong, there is a privilege of class and education and 
economic, socioeconomic status and, and color and gender for that matter. It's not as easy for everyone as much as I love to say, you know, everybody should do that. That doesn't mean everyone has the mental capability of doing it. That doesn't mean everyone has the resilience and the confidence to do it. Yeah. For right. so many reasons. You name some shit happens in the future and uh, I'm the white guy who shows up to protest. Like, this is wrong. I'm the white guy who's protesting something. You know, like, You're the Karen. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Karen. I'm the white guy who's like, this is in jest. You well, know, like, there are white people. I mean, look, I mean, I'm let's, just let's saying. Let's define that. Let's change that from... Come on, I'm just saying. Like, There needs to be allies. There needs to be white allies. And that's, what, that's a lot of what I've been reading lately is <laughs> people of color, you know, white people are sitting here saying, this is awful. I can't believe this is happening <laughs> as if it's never happened 10 million times before mm. this. And what can we do? Right. And they're asking people of color to tell them all the answers. And people of color are tired. They're tired. And they're like, go educate yourself. It's on the fucking internet. Well, first of all, just because people of color have a better tan than me, (laughs) you know, does not mean they should not be treated like a human being. They're equal to us. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you come from, what your status is in life. Whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whether you're in between, whether you're homeless, it doesn't freaking matter. You're a human. We're being. all people. That's what pisses me off. Um, that could be. That's for everything across the board. Yeah. You know. I mean, they shouldn't have to be telling us what to do. We should be doing it as yes. humans. Yes. And that's what they're saying. You know, at this point, there's there's these lists going around of like, we want to know what you can do. Here's what you can do. You can give the people of color in your life the room to express themselves. And just listen. Don't try to correct them. Don't ask them what you can do. Go do something. Keep your mouth shut and listen. Find out about things. Read up about it. There's plenty of history to read about. I mean, how many times have I said Claudette Colvin was before Rosa Parks? Right. And that's nothing compared to people actually dying. That's just an arrest. Right. You know... Two women live their lives fully, but yes. Yeah. it COVID. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so much, and you know, part of what I learned, I did I did grow up in a bubble, and I learned a lot when I went in the military. We've talked about this, that I grew up in a bubble, even though we live right next to a reservation. I didn't know a lot of the indigenous struggles because I was told things and just accepted them at face value and I didn't bother to learn anything. Hell, I didn't even know that the Tulalip tribes right down next to us were tribes, plural, until I was in graduate school. But you weren't told to treat them any different. No, I didn't treat them differently, but the point is I am unconsciously treating them differently by not recognizing their struggles. Yeah. That's part of the white privilege is if you don't know or accept or understand the struggles, you know, people push back, white people in particular, push back on hearing about privilege, about hearing about reparations. They're like, it's so long ago. It's not the people that are alive today. That is every day. It's it's still going on, first of all. I mean, literally, 
they're calling what happened to George Floyd a lynching, and it is. It's no different than Emmett Till. Till Emmett Till. Damn it! What's his name? Tillman. I don't have it written down. Oh, I should have written it down. Emmett Tillman. I'm pretty sure. Look, there was a cop standing guard, standing there, making sure no one got close to the white guy who was kneeling on the neck. Yeah. All right. It wasn't like it was like. He actually bent down and took his pulse. The shit was not fucking orchestrated. The guy just said couldn't breathe. I mean, this was a murder. Yeah. It was It was a lynching. It was a straight up lynching. Fucking just, murder. Lynching doesn't have to be with a rope. You know? Um, Ahmaud Arbery was tracked down like a dog and murdered in the street. Now, thank God those guys were arrested. But what did it take? It took the whole country to see that footage. I thought racism was alive and well in mostly in the southeastern part of the country. Yeah, I learned better than that. <laughs> I knew but it was. It, I it knew took it was, me a while. You know, it took me a while to realize it was alive and well all over the fucking country, but mm-hmm. all over the world. But yes, somehow I didn't think it was alive and well in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, we used to work with a, a guy, that very soft-spoken black man, that I respect a lot. And he, I asked him one day, because he was from Alabama, how could you possibly ever want to go back to Alabama? It's so awful and racist, openly racist. And he said, at no, least I could see not... where it was coming from. Uh, Here, it's hidden. Uh... And, I mean, that was like a smack in the white privileged face. That struck me so hard. It has stuck with me every single day. The fact that he doesn't even know where to look. At least it's obvious there. It's obvious, right. You know where the safe zones are there. Here, it's hidden. Fuck. You know, since this pandemic, there's been, hopefully not a lot, but it's been on the news. Since that there's before been the Asian pandemic. people targeted. Well, yes, before the pandemic, but specifically because of this covid situation. It's and, not, and I've had to worry about my friends in Seattle. Yeah. It's not all African Americans. It's all anybody that's not white. Right? Any minority, which are color. the majority. Yeah. Everybody. And I mean, for God's sakes, indigenous people are forgotten on almost every list. <laughs> Anytime we talk about anything happening with people of color, people You know why that is? You know, I tell you why that is. Tell me. Because people think. That they're doing fine. Some people they're... don't think they still exist. Did you know that? No. Some people <laughs> have never met a Native American and think that they are extinct. I'm not shitting you. That's crazy. I'm not shitting you. It's incredible. I can't even believe it. Anyway, and I've heard this most of my life, on and off. I mean, I know it's not true. You know it's not true. But when they see the casinos and they know that the people are getting mm-hmm. money from the government and they're not looking past that. Oh, they're, take a drive on a reservation. Oh my God. It's horrible. I mean, true. They're getting money from the government, but they have no education. They have generational they have, trauma. Yeah. They don't, all of their, uh, history is oral, thank God. Is, well, Are you saying they have no education? It's 
It's not. The good. history of the Native American is coming back. They go to school, right? They are bringing it back, thank God. Do they have. Yes, but only 80 years ago was the end of boarding schools where they insisted and actually beat children for but, speaking their native language. But they're sending them to public, they're not public schools, but they're, they're, they're getting the same education. They're graduating high school, right? Some of them. Some of them aren't in the vicinity of a public high school and on the reservation, there's shit education. I mean, I thought we just went out and sat and cheered on people who were graduating. Yes, in Marysville, there are people from the Tulalip tribe. This is one small, <laughs> little, tiny piece of what's going on. Yeah. But there are other high schools or other areas that they are not. Oh, good God! Yes. Getting education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That... And they have shit healthcare. Nobody wants to work out there. They're. You know, they're not, they're not all casinos are doing, or not all tribes are doing as well as Tulalip. Tulalip is the one with the very first city, recognized city, the Quilcita Village. They're doing very well because they've made really good choices. They've educated themselves. They've supported other tribes in the area. The Coast Salish tribes yeah, have been I thought supportive. We're doing, I thought we are doing so much better up here in the Northwest than the rest of the country. Some things are good. Some things are not. East of the mountains of shit, too. Yeah. That might as well be a whole other state. You yeah. should go over to Tenasket up by uh, Omac and Colville and drive through those reservations. You don't even have to go that far, honestly. No. Drive on Tulalip. Yeah. Dri drive on Swinomish. There is a beautiful, rich cultural history, and they are trying to revive everything mm. and learn their, teach their language to their children and thrive but there's barriers there's still barriers and they are in poverty no matter how well those casinos are doing the people themselves are still in poverty yeah because of generational trauma and that's no different than every other person of color i mean coming back to the reparations people have had generational trauma since being here <laughs> People, you know, they, they freed the slaves and thought, oh, well, you, you should be fine now. Well, they had no education. They couldn't read or write. Yeah, what go the on. hell are they Be free. Yeah. yeah, be free, quote unquote. What does that mean? Go ahead. Don't get lynched. Go take care of yourself. Don't talk to a white person because no. you'll die. No. I mean, five smooth stones. I know that's your favorite book. It is my favorite book. Go Still ahead, be pisses free. me off to think about it. If anybody yeah. out there gets a chance to read that book, pick it up and read it. You'll get more of an education on discrimination than you'll want. And, I mean, let's not even get into the weeds about the syphilis study or the Tuskegee problem or the people, literally, literally. I'm already forgetting is, what we started no, it's all a part of it. That's the thing. It is. It's discrimination across the board. People were literally, black people were stolen off the streets and done medical experiments on without anesthesia, without consent, without shit. I mean, Henrietta Locks is the one that they did that movie on, and now I can't remember the name of it, where they basically stole her genes, her cells, because they were amazing and have helped science for the past 60 years and they're just now giving her credit and that took considerable effort from the scientific community the point is it's all connected it is and <laughs> gun, gun 
It's been going on for decades. Just once in a while, we have a big flare-up <coughs> like this. So, that's why I was glad you stopped in, because your father, my grandfather, uh -huh. was a Border Patrolman, and... He went to the Mississippi riots. I know you were and, pretty young. What do you remember about that? Well, I remember we were all scared. I know Mom was scared to death for him to go down there. And he was gone... You know, I don't remember how long he was gone, at least a week, but he went down to the riots down there, and he, then he came home and educated us. And uh, it, he didn't educate us on the fact they were black. He educated us on why they were doing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, which was, you know, I, now I don't remember most of it, but I, you know, it's part of history, and I remember it happening. I remember it was terrific. Uh, I didn't, and even then I was so young, I didn't re, I didn't even know what racism was. I didn't understand it. So, yeah. you know, I didn't understand racism at all or know what it was until I went in the military. And tell the story of that dance you went to. No, oh, <laughs> that was on base. And what year was this? In, <laughs> well, it was during Vietnam, so it was 1969. And I was at the NCO club on base, and I was asked to dance by a African-American man, a very good-looking African-American <laughs> man. And I loved to dance, so I said, sure. I had no clue about what was about to happen. And I was mad because I started getting these dirty looks, and people are under their breath talking about that I'm I'm dancing with this black person. I won't say the word they were using. And I'm going, what are you talking about? I'm dancing because he's a damn good dancer and I like him. So leave me alone. Enlisted in the military and fighting for his country. Yeah. 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 Put his life yeah. on the line. And because a white woman was dancing with a black man, it was all taboo. But to me, I didn't care. I didn't care what they thought. He did. You could tell by the look on his face, and I felt bad for him, mm -hmm. you but, know? And I was angry at the people in the club for doing that. But you finished the whole entire dance? And I did. I wasn't it. about to sit down. Screw that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't do it because... Hopefully he enjoyed every bit of that. I think he did. Sadly, he did not ask me to dance again. I don't know if it was my dancing <laughs> or it was from the reaction of the people, but... I'm sure you're a good dancer. I, uh... He was probably afraid. I don't know why. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't Where have was to it walk again? home alone. <clears throat> in New Jersey. Oh, Jersey. McGuire Jersey. Air Force Base in New Jersey. Yeah, just because things are in the north doesn't mean they're void of racism, unfortunately. No. Oh, and that was my first taste of racism, which shocked me. I did not know that they were still burning crosses. I thought that was in the 60s. They did that here in Marysville not too long ago at the church. Yeah, well, I didn't know until the 90s when I moved to Tennessee that the headquarters are, like, right up there in Kentucky, <laughs> 40 miles from the base, and they're still burning crosses. And I, I seriously was just like, are you kidding me? Really? That's not, that's like 40 years ago. That's still 30, 40 years ago. And it's well, still happening. And that's, I think even since I grew up, I mean, you, you taught me what you thought was right at the time. Which was to be colorblind, to not see people for their yeah, color, but yeah. to see. 
And it makes And it that makes was sense. a mis- No, that was a mistake. Well, now looking back on it and realizing that's that's what I'm saying with the education part. Understanding that we were trying our best, we did what we could with what we knew, and as we learned that not seeing someone's color means you're not recognizing their identity and everything else they've been through. Well, you it's don't have not to be defensive about it. We're not. We're no. just saying now we know. The reason I taught because I was raised Wouldn't that it be way. Fucking I excellent was... if they just went out there and started doing s'mores though. I mean, just fucking right in the front lawn, like let's have some s'mores with the crossbreed. Oh yeah, dude. Like, ah, oh, finally. <sighs> oh goodness. What were you saying? The reason. Well, I was raised without color, and my dad was a border patrolman. Yeah. I mean. He brought Mexicans in the back of his van home before he took them over to the headquarters to get them processed. I mean, we knew all about them. But one thing my dad did, he never taught us to discriminate. It's, he's, you know, he said it's not their fault. It's poverty. They're yeah. trying to get away from it. I mean, look and, at Morris for Christ's sake. You can see it across the, the river from well, America. the one thing my dad did that, you know, we always bit... Well, we didn't have a lot, but, you know, we had more than a lot of people. And he said, one day we were we were all complaining about not having something. I don't even know what it was. and Or maybe it was something we were going to eat for dinner. I can't even remember. It was pretty trivial or minor. But he said, come here, I want to show you something. And he took us all out, way out in the desert, and uh, to where there was a chain link fence. And it was out in the middle of the nowhere. And on one side was a dump. And the other side was nothing, just desert. And he says, now I want you to stand out there. And I want you to look and see. You tell me what you see. And there was kids. There was cardboard houses. Kids digging in the dump to find food. To find, They had no shoes. They lived in swallow. Mm-hmm. was filthy. And I wanted, of course, you know, I bleeding heart me. I wanted to give them money, and Dad said, no, it won't do you any good. It won't do any good at all. It won't help them, you know. So, but he says, I want you to realize what you have compared to what they have. Yeah. No, no education, no nothing. And it was so sad. That's, that scene, I think, was the most poignant scene to me, and then made it the biggest effect to me in my life. No. It was gratitude. Yeah, to be appreciative of what I had, and... And uh, not whine and bitch and moan about what I didn't have. <laughs> I was lucky to have a pair of shoes. Lucky to have shot somewhere warm to sleep and lucky food to have a on family. the table. You know? These, these days, lucky to have a family. Yeah. A parent. Yeah. It, I mean, it helps to understand that not just what, to be grateful for what you have, but to understand where other people are coming from. Yeah. That you might see them on the street and they look fine. That doesn't mean they didn't come from some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always looked different. And, you know... There are still children. The reason I started to say... In cages. The reason I started to that I, I was taught without color didn't mean that I didn't recognize different colors. It just meant... That I was taught everyone is a human being. It doesn't matter what the color of their skin. Right. So he was that's what to I teach you equality. Yeah, that's what I meant by not knowing color, not seeing color. Right. right. And at the time, that made sense because 
from a white perspective without just, a lot of POC input. Yeah. You're thinking, you're trying to be equitable and see everyone as a human. Yeah. Which yeah. is not a bad thing. I mean, And it was a different time back then. Well, we had, there was a different time. There was a lot of riots going on. And then as I got older, there was the Watts riots in L.A. I mean, those oh, were mostly yeah. Hispanics yeah, and, yeah. and gang members. And, and it was bad. Yeah. yeah. It was really bad. So, I mean, it, it goes on <sighs> every, there's. How, every, does, how does this feel compared to that? As you're watching, we're seeing it happen. Well, 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 this isn't compared to Seattle. It was horrible. But the the difference is, like you said, there's the, it's the technology. And the fact it's in your face every day. Mm-hmm. It's like the planes hitting the, the trade, centers. trade centers. You can't take your eyes off of it, but you have to because it's so depressing. Mm-hmm. You have to move away from it. Yeah. I can't watch it anymore. It's so sad and so disgusting that, you know, and then those stupid ass people that come in and vandalize, you know, what did those people do to them? Nothing. They had nothing to do with anything. But they've destroyed their livelihood. For what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it just disgusts me. But if you talk to a, a person that was there to honestly protest, they are totally in disagreement of that happening. That's not what they were there for. And a lot of them left. A lot of them stayed around for curiosity, and then they get caught up in all the craziness. Yeah. That's it. That happens anywhere. I'm you just can saying, put, if you were white and you were there, you were there to just cause mayhem. That's not true. There was a lot of white people protesting, but they weren't doing that. <laughs> You know, there's people there that actually supported the protest. Supporting. White people need to be protesting. They need to be allies. Yeah. They need to have their back. And a lot of those, how about the white women or black men or what, what I'm trying, white men and, black, and white men and women that are married to black people or people of color. It doesn't matter whether they're black or not. Mm-hmm. I'm you know? just saying that, yes, white people have a stake in the game about how police are being way overbearing in their role a lot lately and maybe in the last 10 years but it's been longer than 10 years (laughs) haven't seen a whole lot of white fatalities in police you know stop like stopping somebody on the road because it's not on the news you don't see it you don't see it like you do. Any... Right. They're killing all kinds of white people. No, they are killing white they people, are killing but not white nearly people. to the degree. Yeah. I mean, what you see, what we're seeing lately, and because there's technology everywhere, which is a blessing and a curse, yeah. is that you're seeing crazy protests from the COVID situation right now, the stay-at-home orders, and you're seeing white people with weapons at a state capitol yelling and spitting in the faces of police, and they're barely getting arrested if just getting the side eye. Whereas you see black people peacefully protesting in the last couple days, still getting rubber bullets and being tear gassed. Yeah. It's a completely different response, but there still needs to be white allies standing up for what's right. Like it's kind of to your point is there needs to be people standing up for what's right. Mm -hmm. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Your silence is complicit. Alrighty. On that note, I'm leaving you. At the same time, I feel like when you're there attempting to be a supporter 
you looked like as just another white guy or a white woman who doesn't understand anything that's going on. Why do you think that? Because I have not lived as a black person. I don't understand that. No, I don't understand why, the plight. why do you think that white allies that are there protesting are looked at that way? For did, the exact reason, yes. Did you look at white people in the Selma march that way? I think that I felt like they were supporting, but it was different then. Why was it different? Because police still protected and served back then. No, no. they did at not. Least, at least... They beat the fuck out of the summer <laughs> protesters. They, they, no, no, they no. hung them. What I'm saying is, like, oh my god. Okay, I'm all right, right, you go. We're gonna finish. You love finish up. I love you. The right. cops strung black people up. Yes. Or was the KKK stringing black people up? Cops were doing it. Are you oh. talking about in Selma? They literally beat the crap I'm out. Good. of I think I was talking about Washington State. Well, clarify. Help me understand where you're coming from. I'm trying to understand how. If I, as a white guy, going and standing up with a mask on, because everybody's within, you know, this close to me, and supporting... Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter as a white man. Just being there. What does that do? That says that you're an ally and this is not right. And you want justice. Okay. I'm trying to get to where you at some point felt like that was a hindrance rather than a help. I mean, if you're the one rioting or looting, sure. But if you're standing with the peaceful protesters... Like, where is the place to do that? There's not a specific place. It's wherever the protest is happening. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could just go stand in the middle of Pioneer Square with a sign by yourself, but that's not normally how protests happen. Right. Be the one white guy with a sign in the middle of nowhere. You could. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, you could. That's how I feel, but I feel like no matter like where I am, that because of where you work. Probably yes, but more so the fact that I grew up in Bellevue. And. And I joined the Marine Corps. You know, I I uh, I haven't had a difficult life with the police. So let me ask you this. This is going to sound off track, but I promise it's going to come around. We have recently been watching the show We're Here. And it's about drag queens coming into small rural towns and finding the people that need them and putting on a drag show and involving the community and creating an inclusive love. That is a niche show. I'm getting there. It also includes... Finding a prominent member of the community who is heteronormative and having them be a part of the drag show. Yes. Now. I've loved both episodes that I've seen. Right. And it's pretty powerful to watch someone that's a straight man turn themselves into a drag queen to be an ally, right? Yeah. yeah. Why is that different than a white person standing with a black person at a protest? No. I'm not saying I don't want to. Look, I wouldn't. I'm just saying that I don't know where it would make a difference. Where if I stood there, that the people... If I stood in a spot or marched with some people, I don't know where it would be that I would do that in order to make that important. 
or known or even have it matter. I guess maybe. I don't feel like it would matter. Maybe I have to ask you who you think it needs to matter to. Anyone. What about the people you're standing right next to that see you standing there with them? I feel like they wouldn't think it mattered. But where are you getting that from? I just think... People of color all over the world are always asking for allies. I know. They've been dealing with it their entire fucking lives. And you are an ally, and you are getting educated, and you're learning more about all these tragic things that have happened to people of color for generations. So is there some kind of deep-seated, self-loathing white privilege situation happening? No, I just, I don't think I deserve to stand among, how to word it. I haven't had to put up with what they've had to put up with. And for me to stand there like, I'm with you. Like, they'd be like, who the fuck is this? Do you feel like you need to have had cancer to support a cancer survivor? I'm sure it would help. <laughs> you don't have to have experienced the same thing that someone else has experienced to have empathy. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> you don't feminism. have to be a woman to be a feminist. You don't have to be black to be an ally of people of color. You don't have to be native to support tribes. You just have to be willing to listen and understand where they're coming from and educate yourself and be open-minded. I mean, that's really what all of this comes down to. If everyone could do that, and you've mentioned the Christian values and what I might call competing outrage narrative, <laughs> that people that say they have a certain value system don't seem to uphold it, that they're willing to protest outside of a courthouse for abortion laws to be struck down and for unborn children to have rights, but they're not willing to let people get angry and upset because they watched someone die on camera because they're black and adult. That's a competing narrative. And they need people that are willing to be open to that, to stand next to them. I think I need to... Uh find someone who is willing to allow me to stand beside them. Someone who, you know, would make me feel more comfortable just being there as a supporter. I, I don't know if I can just do that by myself. It's just so far out of my comfort zone. Imagine how many black people in Washington State were the only black people in their school. Yeah, no shit. Seriously. That's the same thing. It's out of their comfort zone, but they had to do it, right? Yeah. If you feel compelled to be support and an ally in that way, and by the way, there's lots of different ways to be support and an ally without going physically to a protest. Yeah. But I think your willingness to even try that or accept it or, or even consider it is making you a better ally. I would do it in a heartbeat. I just wouldn't be uncomfortable. I wouldn't be comfortable doing it. I would do it. I just haven't. That's all. No, you don't have to go be at a protest to be an ally. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm a couch ally, for sure. <laughs>
Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable about it because I think a lot of people are just not even willing to talk about it. And that's I'm the seriously first step. fucking outraged. If that counts. <laughs> that does count. It does count. It's heartbreaking to watch these things just keep happening over and over and over. <sighs> At and least the space force is moving right along. <laughs> Apparently, Ben has to go to the bathroom, and that's going to signal the end of our episode today. I think we've kind of got out what I wanted to get out, which is, you know, one of the main things that I've been hearing the last couple of days is that if you really want to help, speak out. Don't just sit by. Don't just quote Martin Luther King Jr. Don't just quote people of color. Don't just retweet but make a stand, make an effort, say it's wrong, say you want justice, say this is bullshit, and we have to do better. We have to vote people in that are not going to allow this shit, and that means at the very lowest level. So this November, get your asses out there, do whatever you got to do. In Washington State, we have absentee ballots. I personally think the whole country should be that way. There's no reason not to. We have proven there's flaws in every voting system, but this is pretty damn good. So... Get out there and vote. Educate yourself about who's running, what their values are. And if you have any sense of every human is equal and deserves equal rights, get out there and vote those values. Shit, if you have any questions, email us. Absolutely. Email us at SomedayDeadPC at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at SomedayDeadPC. Find us on Facebook. I mean, we're everywhere. If you want to talk about this, if you want to come on the show and tell me your opposing opinion, I'm willing to listen to that. Let's just get conversation started because being silent is complicit. And we don't have time for that shit because someday we'll all be dead. And we need to live a better world for our children, <laughs> even if they're not mine. 